With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another fantastic interview on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Uh, my name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Mary Jennings, She's got a great new record out. She's a Nashville artist who's very un-Nashville in a lot of ways. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. Uh, before we get started, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, Positively Pittsburgh Live magazine. You can go to pplmag.com. It's Pittsburgh's first internet radio, TV network, and online community magazine and business directory. If you've got a business and you want to get the word out, you want to get you want to be seen and heard around the area, you want to go to pplmag.com. also like to thank MTS Management Group. MTS Management Group is more than just an <clears throat> artist management company. It's a bona fide rock star in the music industry, specializing in full-service artist management, publicity and promotions, and social media campaigns. MTS Management is on the cutting edge of today's new music business. Now, we've got a wonderful artist here today. Mary Jennings is a Nashville native doing anything but what you would currently associate with the Nashville music scene, which is probably why her uh, Walking Dead-inspired video, Home, was just recently featured in uh, No Country for New Nashville. Uh, Jennings just released her latest LP, Metamorphosis, and it's seething with confident, brazen confessions that descend like a deep blue dusk. Every track is like a sudden sharp pain in the arm, in a good way. You feel it, you endure it, and it ends in an odd comfort because you realize that, in that short instant, how resilient you, re- how resilient you really are. Mary Jennings, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Thank you so much. That was one of the best introductions ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary, you have been, uh, you've been playing music for uh, quite a while now. That's very true. But- but your uh, your recording career started as a sort of a result of a personal tragedy. What, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I had been writing music starting in high school, but um, my mom passed away very suddenly when I was a freshman in college. I was 18, almost turning 19. And, um, you know, that just kind of – I had two options. I could either go completely insane or I could find an outlet for yeah. what I was going through. And music really became that outlet for me. And even though I had been doing music prior to that, I really moved forward with the music and did it even more. And um, the following summer, my dad gave me the option to record an album. He basically said he wanted me to do at least one of two things, go to therapy or record an album. And <laughs> he said, okay. that, you know, for for to him, he said, you know, really – recording an album would probably be just as therapeutic and I would end up with something that I could reflect on in the future. I mean, I think if I had really felt like I needed both, he would have made a way to make both work. 
But yeah. I, jumped, I jumped at the opportunity to record an album and start to get that experience. Now, you grew up with some strong musical roots in your family. Now, were you your grandparents or something that, that sort of got you interested in music? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my my whole my dad's side of the family is very, very musical. I mean, my dad played or plays bass and uh, guitar, and he can play piano, but he played bass in a band throughout high school. And uh, then my grandparents, his parents, my grandfather is a singer. My grandmother played piano beautifully. And uh, her mom played piano, and my grandfather's father was a singer as well. So it's just kind of been passed on through the years. And pretty much everywhere I went growing up with family, whether it was in an aunt's house or uncle's house or grandparents, everybody had a piano in their home. So it was kind of the natural path, I think, in a lot of ways. (laughs) You were just sort of like, you were sort of born into it. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Um, so so uh, growing up, you know, in addition to your family and everything, who were some of your favorite artists? What music did you like? What in, in, uh, inspired you and influenced you? I think that, you know, when you're really young, you listen to whatever your parents listen to. And so, you know, both my parents had extremely diverse tastes in music. So I was raised around a lot of different things. But one of the genres of music that really stuck out to me at a very young age was Celtic music. Um, I loved the harmonies. I loved the minor keys. They just all really, you know, rang out to me as something that I enjoyed. And then I will never forget it, but when I was in seventh grade Latin class, it was either seventh grade or eighth grade Latin class, my friend Amy Schwartzbaum uh, had her portable CD player, her disc ran, and she had just gotten, I believe it was Boys for Pele, on a disc, which is a Tori Amos album. Yes, one of my favorites. Yeah, and she was like, Mary, great you need record. To, yeah, she was like, Mary, you need to listen to this. So before class, she started playing me some from Boys for Pele, and I was like, oh my gosh, this kind of music exists in the world? What is this? And I couldn't get enough of it. So I went and, I, you know, I got her back catalog up to that point. I've gotten every album since then. Um, so I would say that Tori Amos was one of the first ones to really spark that, oh, this is what I would want to sound like. This mm. is the kind of music that I want to write. Because it was just so honest and so the language was so beautiful. She wasn't afraid to use strange words and um, ugly pictures in her songs, which I felt so much more than just, you know, your typical hook or, or pop song. Mm-hmm. So. That kind of, I would say that she really started me down this path of being obsessed with the female powerhouse and songstress. So, like, you know, fell in love with Tori and then Sarah McLaughlin, Fiona Apple, later on in life, Imogen Heap, Thea. You know, I've, I've really just been attached to that kind of music from a very early age. Kind of, it's kind of moody. Yes, moody. And, and you know, that's. I like all kinds of music to listen to, mm-hmm. but the stuff that really moves me is the music that is so totally honest, almost so honest that you wonder if you yourself can relate to it because you know this is that person's story, so can it really be my own story? You find a way to attach yourself to it, but I just love that honesty and, and wanted to be that kind of artist. Okay, it's, all right. So 
you have these influences, you have this musical family, um, you have this tragedy. Now, how, how does this, when you sit down to write, are, are, are all these things just sort of like organically like kind of swirling around? Do you have like, do you sit down, no, I want to write about this particular idea? How do you approach songwriting? Um, well, for me, songwriting, it starts with an inspiration, and inspiration can come from anywhere. All of my friends and family could tell you that I pretty much constantly have, whether it's through my phone or a separate device, a handheld recorder mm-hmm. and, and some sort of writing, like a journal or something to write down. Because I could be in mid-conversation with a person and something that they say or something that I say, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it to be in a song. Write it down. So I'm constantly keeping journal entries and lists of ideas and thoughts. And it can even be inspirations from sounds. I I have been inspired to write a song from listening to a car alarm go off. Living in the city, if a car alarm goes off and it's just constant, the way that I would tolerate that sound would be to write a melody around it. And so I would just record that melody and it might come into play later on. So. Um, it really comes from anywhere. Uh, so maybe in that sense it's organic, but I don't just sit down and go, I want to write about this subject today, and then out it comes. It's, it never really comes like that. It starts well, somewhere. You know, you have, but you have, you have several albums out now, right? How many do you have? I have, I should know the answer to that right off the top <laughs> of my head, and I do not. I have five, five, so Let's see, there's Jennings Recovery, Fantastic, then Collapse Collide, and Metamorphosis. So five fully produced albums, one live album, and one EP. And then I'm putting out another a remix album in January. So however you want to add that up. Five, okay. like, five fully produced albums, though. So. Okay. So when you do you write for the record, or or is, it, or is it just like okay, I've collected these songs now. I've written, the, I have several that are good. I mean, as great of a songwriter as you are, I'm sure you have those songs. You go like, no, this isn't really going to make the record. Um, but um, you so do you write like for the record, like okay, I need to write a new record, or is it like it's just always you know you're always you know, how does how does that work? I'm always writing songs. Okay. Um, always. I mean, it, I, right now I don't have a plan to put out an album anytime soon, and I'm still writing music. But what I find is that, especially like with this past, we'll talk about my morphs specifically, is that as I was writing, I started to notice similar themes that were going through a lot of the songs that I was writing. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, this would make a nice collection okay. for an album. And with this one, you know, there were definitely songs that I had that I did not put on this album. And it wasn't that they weren't good enough or that they just didn't make the cut. They just didn't fit. They didn't fit with the story I was trying to tell in this album. They'll probably end up on an album in the future. But, like, for instance, Tidal Waves, Tidal Waves, the last song on the track or on the album, it was written, I want to say, like, three and a half or four years ago. And it never made it on anything but it started screaming at me and said, I want to be on this one. So <laughs> I said, okay, I'll put you on this one. You actually sit on this one. So, you know, it, I, don't, I don't just write for an album, except in the instance that I, I do write collections of songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I tend to, especially if I'm struggling to find a topic, like one of the things I just recently started doing within the past couple of years is 
writing horror movie-based songs. So I love scary movies. Like, if I'm not writing music, I am watching scary movies. I love them so oh, much. Oh, cool. And so right, I right, started... Yeah. Well, you have a, you've got a song on a, on a, on a horror sound, uh, soundtrack. I did. I did. I got, <laughs> um, I got Into Darkness on a movie called Devil's Seed. It was so cool. It was, like, the best win ever. <laughs> but cool. I, started, I started writing songs based on the movies, and I wanted them to be... Uh, you know, loosely based on movies. Meaning, okay. if you knew, if you knew it was about the movie, you thought it was really cool and you got behind it. But if you didn't know it was about the movie, you might still be able to relate to it. Mm-hmm. So I started writing songs like that. So in that sense, I get collections, but it's not it's not like I write specifically for an album. At least not okay. to this point. All right. On okay, then I have to ask you mm-hmm. on Metamorphosis. <clears throat> just pick one of the tunes and tell me what movie it. inspired you? Well, I mean, Home, it's not based on a movie, but it was based on watching The Walking Dead. Okay. And I'm obsessed with The Walking Dead, and I started (laughs) watching it. I started watching it, like, I kind of was late to the game. So Mm -hmm. I I binge-watched, like, the first two seasons or something during Hurricane Sandy when I was living in New York. And so it was this really interesting... Uh, feeling of it, you know, because it kind of felt apocalyptic outside. Everybody was had either left the city or was, you know, pinned up in their apartment, you know, worried about what was going on. And I'm watching this show about the apocalypse. And I woke up from a dead sleep and had to, I had the idea for home and started writing it, you know, and working with my loop pedal on it and stuff like that, you know, while my husband slept in the other room. And it turned into a song that was just completely based on watching that show. Um, now let's, it, boy, there's so many things I want to cover. Um, cause you mentioned the loop thing and I really, I want to talk a little bit about that, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit more about metamorphosis and, um, anything you'd like to add about that before we move on. Cause I want to talk to you about your live show cause it's very interesting. Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, I guess there's not too much to say about the new album other than I'm, I'm proud of it and it had a lot of different. Uh, aspects for me that I hadn't done before. It was the, there were actually three producers on the record. Six of the tunes were done by a guy named Nathan Rosenberg with Doghouse Studios uh, NYC up in New York. One was done by one of my best friends, Ian O'Neill, who's, you know, a drummer and a producer. And then another one was done by a friend here named Aaron Krauss, who's a Nashville artist and producer. So it was the first time that I'd ever worked with multiple producers um, it was the first album that had co-writes on it, that mm-hmm. had, you know, songs that weren't written just by me, but maybe written by me and another person. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, so there were a lot of things that were changes for me uh, in the process of writing and producing Now, how do you song. deal with that when you're used to writing on your own? Um, mm-hmm. how, do you, how, do you, how do you deal with that, or, are you, or was it easy for you? Because for me, uh, I, I used to write with a partner. I wrote with a partner for years, and then I, had, then I was on my own, and I had to write. And now I'm kind of, like, funny about writing with somebody. They've got to sure. be, like, really special. You know what I mean? But go ahead. Sure. Well, I think that co-writes are hit or miss. For every awesome <clears throat> co-write you have, you might have four okay ones. Yeah. You know, it just mm-hmm. kind of depends. And you, you know, it's a matter of having similar writing styles but also having – enough differences that you challenge each other. And, um, you know, one of my favorite co-writers is the one that co-wrote with uh, Love You Best and Tectonic Plates. His name's Jeremy Nash. 
and his genre of music is different than mine as an artist, but he writes, you know, more of an Americana folk singer-songwriter music. Mm-hmm. But it was great because he knows music so well. So I could come in with an idea and with a chord structure, and he would say, well, why don't we change the chord structure to this? And why don't you try doing a melody kind of like this? And it would be things that I wouldn't have thought about. Yeah. But they still fit my genre perfectly. Right. But it just, you know, you get... As a songwriter, you get into comfort zones, and you go, you have your go-tos. Yeah. They're like, they're like the tricks that you keep in your pocket. And you mm. might be tempted to use them on every song because you like the way they sound, but you really need, to, in order to have diversity in your music, I think it's always good to work with people. And you can get that with producers, and you can get that with co-writers. So I really enjoy it if it's a, if it's a good co-writer. Um, moving on to the live show. Now, you do some very cool things that... Um, Okay, what what, what, this is kind of, what can people expect from uh, uh, Mary Jennings Live? Well, it totally depends on where you see me. <laughs> okay. um, so when I'm on tour, oftentimes I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm touring alone, then what you can expect is um, a, a woman with a big voice, a piano, and a loop pedal. And the loop pedal is a way for me to layer vocals and beats and extra sounds so that you get a clear little picture of what I expect my music to sound like. If you're just playing a piano and, and singing, there's obviously room for that, and I think it's great, and it's a very different kind of show, and I love doing those as well. But that doesn't necessarily navigate you to what my genre is, if you've never heard me before. I could just be a singer. I could be a singer-songwriter. It might be country it might be with a band it might be electronica you just don't ever really know until you hear the full production so with the loop pedal i'm able to steer it a little bit more in the direction that i expect and that i hope you know my uh, listeners will take away and um, I've, i've loved it i've been using it for probably i guess six or seven years now and i really love using it um it just elevates the show but you know if i'm playing in nashville a lot of times i'll you know use the loop pedal and the keyboard but i might also have my buddy jeremy playing acoustic guitar and singing backup vocals with me and a cellist and a violinist to really fill it out um i definitely have a guy that plays drums with me and a bassist that sometimes will do full band shows so it just totally depends on the venue and you know, the city, <laughs> and then at the time, and how much I can afford. <laughs> uh, I understand. I understand. Touring can be expensive, and you got to take other people with you. It, the price goes up exponentially. Yeah, um, Yeah, that's um, – the, the loop thing is becoming more and more popular. I'm seeing more and more artists mm-hmm. uh, do that. Now, uh, you really have to practice with that. I mean, it takes a while to kind of master that, doesn't it? I, I think so. I mean, I could definitely even be better now, and so I'm always practicing with it. It's just there's always more that you could be doing with it, and it's a, it's a matter of um, not only getting your timing right, but also mm-hmm. doing loops tastefully. You don't want to over-loop, and you don't want to under-loop. So it's finding that balance between, you know, what's just the right amount. Now, Now, on your website, you have some very... Uh, interesting, very cool remakes of some great, great songs by you know people like Dave Grohl and U2 and yeah. things like that. Um, have you thought? Have you, are these are they, now that you occasionally sprint, uh, you know, sprinkle your show with some of these songs? Is that is that what you do? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's pretty much a guarantee that in a, you know, 30 to 45-minute set, I'll play at least one or two covers because, you know, it's a crowd pleaser no matter yeah. where you are. If I'm in a room full of people that don't know who I am, they might, like, kind of listen while I'm playing, but the second that they, I play a song that they recognize, right. then I have their attention because they know the song. They can sing it back to you. Yeah. So and I, like, I, it I, just, I love it. It gives people an opportunity to participate and yeah. you know, and then and then if you pick the the song properly, it really actually really reflects upon your style. It really kind of brings exactly. people in to kind of go, oh yeah, that's what she does. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just just as the the, the your version of Everlong. Um, wow. That Thank just, uh, you. That was Thank like you. with the cello. That that's yeah, that, that was fantastic. Uh, I recommend mm-hmm. just to start, pause right here and tell everybody when you get a chance, go to MaryJennings.com. Uh, there's some you can you can stream the record uh, her records there, but there's some great videos, and you can see everything that she's going. What we're talking about. So if you're like listening to this and you go, well, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, you can go yeah. check that out. Um, yeah. Before before we wrap up, you are kind of a Renaissance woman. You you have done and do a lot <laughs> of other things besides music. So tell us a little bit some about some of your other outlets. Well, like my other outlets are the other jobs that I've had to have to make money. So those are two very different things. Very, very what, different. You, you, you decide. I opened, I, I opened the floor. You talk about whatever you like. Well, I, okay. Well, we'll go with the things that I really, really enjoy doing. That's so, important. <laughs> yes. So another one of my um, jobs, other than being a musician, is I'm also a bolo tie maker. And for anyone that doesn't know immediately what a bolo tie is, it's you know, basically the country western cowboy string tie. And uh, my great-grandfather wore them all the time, and my mom was an antique jewelry dealer, so I kind of fused the two, and I take antique and estate jewelry pieces and turn them into bolo ties. And uh, instead of having, you know, like, instead of having your basic, like, T-shirts for merch or something like that, um, I have bolo ties. Uh, So... (laughs) You know, that's been been one of my favorite things to do. And then, you know, I love thrifting. I love to sew. And I watch a lot of horror movies. So (laughs) those are the main ones. But the bolo tie thing is definitely a passion. What's your favorite Um, horror? What are your top three favorite horror movies? Oh, my gosh. It's the most impossible question. <laughs> um, okay, just if this in this moment, what comes to your mind? We won't hold it to you. You know, if you change your oh, mind, yeah. you're, you're welcome to do that. Okay, well, one of my favorites is Suspiria. It's a uh, Dario Argento film. Oh yeah, and creepy. I love it. It's yeah. so creepy. Uh, I love The Exorcist, which I know it, it seems. Oh, of course you would say Exorcist. But it really is a terrifying, scary movie, and it's one of the first ones that I saw when I was younger, and I just have loved it. So that would be in the top. And then uh, for a newer one, I really liked Insidious. Mm. Um, that for for the newer movies, oh, but there's so many other ones that I like too. So those those are the three that come to my head first. <laughs> you were put so on we'll the spot. Stick with those. Well, I tell you what, yeah, The Exorcist. That that's that's my absolute that's my go to you know but the other ones that you named too are fantastic um yeah and there's something though about that 70s era horror that was like 
I don't know, the, like the whole like Rosemary's Baby and Burnt oh, Offerings I love and all those, The Omen, and I mean, those movies were all like, they had a vibe to them, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I've written, so when I was talking about the scary movies that I've written songs about, uh, the ones so far are the Freddy Krueger, the Freddy Krueger movies, the uh, at Rosemary's Baby. I co-wrote a song about that. Misery. Um, I mean, I love all of those. But the '70s ones, I think, what makes them so scary is a lot of times it's the music and it's the old film. It's like something about it makes it a little bit more real somehow. Yeah, yeah. And with, it's like and you're watching home movies of like your life. Yeah, or something. yeah it's home weird. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're watching something you're not supposed to. And yeah. the 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 unfortunate part about current scary movies I have found is that they use a lot of CGI, which instantly looks fake to me, whereas back in the 70s, 80s, you know, those time periods, they had to just do a really good job with makeup. Yeah. And they might have to use a contortionist to do something really strange. They couldn't just animate it. So... That's, I think, a, a large part of the reason why I like the 70s and 80s for those scary movies. Cool. Well, yeah. um, so, what, <laughs> so what's coming up for you next? What's, uh, where, where are you headed? Are you, are you touring? What's going on? Well, it's the holidays, so I tend to shut down and let, the, let December be for my family. Uh, I do have an online concert tomorrow, which I love doing. I do those through Concert Window. And, you know, I basically just set up all my gear in my living room and play for anyone across the country that wants to tune in and has internet. So I'll be doing that tomorrow. And then at the, pretty much the middle of January is when my remix album comes out. So I'll be doing a lot of promotion for that and probably go back out on the road some. Um, but yeah, just constantly writing and playing shows and doing the music stuff. Well, there you have it, folks. Mary Jennings, and you can go to uh, Mary Jennings. Dot com and like I said earlier, this uh, you can stream her music and you can watch some very cool videos. And uh, thanks a lot for taking some time out of your uh, schedule to talk with us, Mary. Oh my gosh, I had such a blast! Thanks for having me on the show. Hang on one second. We're going to wrap up and then we'll uh, I will uh, we'll hang up here after I finish the recording. Just a second. You got it. All right, guys, thanks. You've been listening to uh, Mary Jennings here on the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. You can go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com to listen to some of my other interviews. There's gazillions of them now. And uh, hear a lot of great music. We feature artists like Mary Jennings. Uh, We will be playing her as well on our uh, music edition of our podcast. It comes out every Saturday morning. And you can check that out. There will be a new one coming out. Um, Well, there will be a new one coming out this Saturday. So check it out at LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. One more time, our uh, sponsors, Positively Pittsburgh Live Magazine, pplmag.com. Thank you so much. And thanks to Michael Stover at mtsmanagementgroup.com. So if you're an artist and you're needing a little help with that uh, publicity side of things, go to mtsmanagementgroup.com. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Once again, that is luviniRockandRollCircus.com, and we will see you guys on the next podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.